0: Welcome to the Women's Business Workshop Podcast. I'm your host, Robin Walker, business strategist that helps female entrepreneurs grow their business through strategic planning and accountability. Today we have a hot topic, pun intended, how to run your business with kids home for the summer. What should they be doing while you work? And this could be whether you work in a brick and mortar office or shop, or if you work from home. They have to be somewhere doing something while you work. So how to get them to actually do what you're asking them to do. And I'm also sprinkling in a little bit about how to have the kids help you around the house at home and learn some skills and habits that can help you throughout the whole year. We also have some free printables, and I'm also offering some custom help for your specific business so that you can be productive and actually grow your business this summer while having fun with the kids and not feeling guilty whether you're working or playing. So stay tuned. Robin is a wife and mom to three teenagers, two dogs, and a beta fish. She is a fifth-generation entrepreneur with over 15 years of experience creating, building, and running businesses. She keeps it real about raising kids while building a company and gives you the strategy and accountability to finally quit winging it. Her mission? To help you build your business strategically so you can have more financial stability and in return, more flexibility, and time with yours. coming it is not a surprise however the craziness for most families and businesses of the month of May due to that we don't have a lot of extra time to prepare for the summer so things are extremely busy and then all of a sudden all the kids are home whether that's college kids or maybe your daycare situation changes for the summer but all of a sudden it's here They are around all the time. And that is a bittersweet thing. We love our kids. We love our families. We love the grandkids. We love the pool. Those are all things we want to do and want to spend time with over the summer. But we also can't abandon our business. We have bills. We have commitments, responsibilities. And so we need to also be building our businesses and maintaining our businesses And that's a lot of different things pulling at us. So that's why I've been doing this three-part series of summer survival. And truly, it's not just surviving. It is thriving in the summer. I have many clients that actually increase their revenue over the summer. So let's dive right in and talk about the summer. A lot of us have great intentions at the beginning of the summer. We might have a different schedule we're going to try or things that we're hoping the kids will do or some of us just wing it we're like we'll figure it out as we go along and that might work for a while the novelty of summer keeps the kids occupied but usually you hit a certain point and your only strategy (laughs) is screen time you find that's the only time you actually get any work done is if they're on a screen And we all know that is not healthy for kids. So we have to have some other options. If you've ever worked with me or you've been in the Impact membership group or in my Facebook group, you know that planning is big for me. I find that we are more productive, we are more intentional with our time, and it actually gives us more freedom to plan ahead. It does take time, it takes discipline. But planning ahead is huge. And I think the summer is a really important time to have a plan. The first two episodes in this series, if you haven't listened, um, it's worth going back and listening to. One is setting a summer goal so that you're not just winging your business activity. And the second one is to set up your office hours. Now that is key because it doesn't matter what you're going to have to do with the kids if you haven't already set up an intentional work schedule for yourself for the summer because you truly are going to be winging the times of day that you work and that's not what we want you have to have consistency for your clients consistency for your customers and consistency for your family so if you haven't listened to those yet we'll put a link in the show notes and make sure you go back and listen to those so getting right down to it I think one of the first things that's a really great idea to do with your family uh, regardless of age is to really sit down together. And maybe this is, for some of you, it might be at the dinner table. For some of you, it might be when you're all in the car headed to a soccer tournament, whatever works for your family, or even in a group text, but if you really must. But find uh, an opportunity to ask your family and your kids, what would they like to do this summer, What are they hoping to achieve, whether that's um, older kids that want to work and earn a certain amount of money, whether that's younger kids that uh, have a skill that they really want to improve over the summer when they're not having to do all of the homework and extracurriculars. But find out what everybody wants to do. Maybe someone has always really wanted to do the zip lines in in your town, or maybe one of the kids has a reading challenge that they've been given at school that they really wanna finish. Maybe there's a camp, but find out from your family what they really wanna do. Older kids can Google around a little and find some ideas or ask their friends what camps and what things that they're doing. Depending when you're listening to this, some of those things may be filled already, but it's great to get your kids' input. They may have some great ideas that you have not even thought of. Also for you, it is important that you write down things that you want to do this summer. You don't want to find yourself at the end of the summer trying to cram in all the things you didn't get to do. In the Midwest, the winters are long. It's June and I'm still waiting to not have to wear a jacket. So we have a limited window for the beach, the pool, hiking, all the activities we love in the summer. So take some time to write down the things that would bring you joy this summer. It may be as simple as having coffee on the deck every morning or having once a week dinner on the porch with your family. Just make sure that you really take some time to write down your bucket list for the summer and then all come together and see if there's any that are the same or have these somewhere posted, documented, and then you can go back and look at these throughout the summer when you have a free day or you're trying to plan an exciting or fun thing for the kids to look forward to, you have a master list of all the activities. So as far as what are some of the options, there are a lot of underutilized programs that you can sign your kids up for. If you haven't looked at your local park district that is the superhero of summer activities. Ours are all very affordable. Some are one morning, some are one morning a week for the whole summer. There's camps, there's academic endeavors, sports all kinds of activities. The other cool thing that you may not realize is if you're in a smaller area, usually you can sign up for activities in a neighboring town's park district. It doesn't have to just be your park district. So make sure you look around, try to sign up to get some pamphlets or brochures from other park districts. There's a lot out there. In our area, we have a lot of nature retreat type of camps for kids, adventure camps, Our school districts also have some summer school classes that are actually fun things and not just biology and classes that you didn't do so well in. So make sure you check out all the different things in your area, museums, churches, VBS, art camps. I have a list in our summer survival workbook that lists a bunch of different options that you can look through if there's somewhere that you haven't accessed yet for programs for your kids. Now, if you do some kind of sleepaway camp for your kids, I know oftentimes I hear moms that use that time to do projects around the house, which is all great. But what about having a business retreat for yourself during the time that they're away at camp? Maybe take two days and it is your own solo business retreat. You could be at home, you can stay somewhere else, but what a great time to really work on your business without disruption importantly to note a lot of these things fill up very quickly so make sure if you have not yet that you go and try to sign up another really underutilized resource in your community is your library I have friends that say well I don't really read my kids don't read there is so much to be offered at your library there are magicians programs animal programs all kinds of things in the summer And reading is really a lost art with some kids now due to screens. So this is a great time to encourage reading something that's fun. I know older kids read a lot of stuff in high school, and so they may not do as much reading for pleasure. When I was a teacher, I always encouraged parents to let their kids read whatever they wanted in the summer. Let them read graphic novels or comic books, Or newspaper articles anything that they love and enjoy that is what is going to instill a love of reading not just the reading list that school sends let them read some fun things I'm gonna share what we used to do for our library that was our routine that helped me tremendously when my kids were very young we set one day aside that that day and for us it was Fridays every Friday morning we went to the library and we rotated which library we went to. We called it our library tour. We live in an area with a lot of small towns, and luckily we can use our library card at all of them because they are all in a system together. So we would go to different libraries every Friday. The kids had a certain amount of books and movies that they were allowed to check out, but we also took some time just to hang out there and really slow down the pace. So we had... Exploring time, then they could play in any of the centers or do the puzzles. And then I would bring my laptop and I would work on a specific task while they were finding their books nearby. Then when we got home, I always had a task that I was hoping to complete because the beauty of bringing home all these new materials is that the kids are really excited about them right away. So usually Friday afternoon, they would be reading their new books, cooking a recipe in one of the cookbooks that they checked out or trying out a Lego creation in one of the Lego books. So they were pretty busy with their new books right when we got home. So I used that time to work a second time. Then lastly, on Friday nights, we had dinner and a movie. This was our one day a week that we got out the TV trays and ate 1970s style with a buffet type dinner and we ate in front of a movie that we all agreed on and picked out at the library earlier that day. So this also provided another time that I could work if I needed to. So Fridays I actually got a lot done. That was all pre-planned. It was our routine and the kids had the expectation that that's what was happening that day. So that kind of leads me into talking about how do you get the kids to do what you're hoping they will do during the summer. After we talk about this, I do have a bunch of different options for you for self-directed activities for the kids. But the bigger question I get is how do you get them to actually do this stuff? I am a former teacher, so I know what your kids are capable of when they're at school. Most kids, even at very young ages, learn to wait their turn, to not interrupt the teacher if she's speaking, and to self-direct their activities during center's time, during work time. So there is no reason that these same kids can't do these behaviors at home. Kids can turn behaviors on and off based on the expectations of the adults in the room. Let me say that again. Kids can turn off and on behaviors based on the expectation of the adults in the room. Can you imagine if your child left their lunchbox, all their garbage, and their uneaten food at the lunch table at school? You know that the person in charge of the lunchroom would march them back in and ask them to clean up after themselves. So why then does that same child leave a plate on the counter with, or at the table, with half-finished food and not clean up after themselves? This, this is your tough love, mamas. If you are not holding them accountable for cleaning up after themselves, a task they do at school and have been proven to do it day after day after day, you are allowing the behavior. So you need to raise your expectations, some of you, for the summer. Think of things that they already do at school. If the teacher's talking or doing something with another student, they don't go up and just butt in and start talking. So the same thing can apply when you are on Zoom and there's another person talking directly to you. They can wait. They have already learned that behavior and mastered that behavior for the most part. And can apply that at home if you have the same expectations that their teacher has. Something else that we can also learn from teachers is that their school day has a routine. And kids thrive on a routine. Yes, they want downtime in the summer and we want them to enjoy themselves and have fun and relax. But they crave routine and knowing what comes next. So having a routine to your week or even your day, however basic that is, can be extremely helpful to both you and your kids. The routine of your week does not have to be as strict as school down to the minute, but it is really helpful to have an order to your day, whether that's the morning is your to-do list and quiet activities, and then we have lunch, and after lunch, we all go do something as a family, or then that's our play outside time in the afternoon, and then we have rest time, and then we have dinner, Something that the kids know this is an appropriate activity for right now or this is not an appropriate activity right now. Another thing that teachers do is alternate between sitting still quieter activities and then large motor activities like gym class and recess or self-guided activities are balanced with group activities. So things to consider as you're setting up your basic outline for your week or for your day with your kids. I think one of the biggest mistakes I see with women trying to work from home when they set up a schedule for their kids is that they don't stick with it. They do it for a couple weeks, and then they give up. Or they say, the kids aren't really cooperating. This doesn't really work. Or secretly, you're thinking that I'm making all of this up. But I will tell you, I worked from home for over 15 years. And in summers, I had the kids alone a lot. This does work. You have to have expectations. The kids need to know what they are. You need to have a routine, and you need to follow through. I also advise starting with baby steps. If you are doing something new that your kids are not used to, you need to start in small increments. If your kids are not used to leaving you alone when you're working, you need to start with five minutes or one minute. You need to start small and then slowly go up in larger increments and larger expectations. Don't assume that your kids are going to self-play for an hour and a half When they've never done it before or you've always gone in and put them back on task and redirected them. When you figure out what your week or what your day routine looks like, then I would write this down. For older kids, you need to post this. For some of you, sitting down and doing this planning is going to be a task because it doesn't seem worth your time. But if you don't set these expectations and boundaries for yourself, you can't really expect your kids or your family to respect them because they don't know what they are. So make sure that you have your schedule posted somewhere. Make some kind of sign so that they know if you are recording or on a call or doing something that you can't be interrupted that they are not coming in and that might be something that requires some training as well and so maybe you are practicing this with your kids if they're small enough where the activity you're doing isn't urgent or necessary but you're just practicing the experience of redirecting them every time they come in to try to interrupt you you are redirecting them to the activity that they're supposed to be doing at that time So now you're asking, well, Robin, what should they be doing during this time? There's a lot of different options, and a lot depend on your families and your kids and their personalities, and the ages of the kids. So I'll kind of be flip-flopping back between toddlers, elementary age, and tweens and teens, because people assume that once your kids are older then you are going to be able to work all the time. And that's not necessarily true. Teens need a lot of emotional support from their parents. They also need a lot of rides. Even kids who can drive, there's still a lot of coordinating and you're in the middle of a call and they pop their head in because they don't know where the key is to the family car or they want to ask permission if they can go somewhere after work. So There's still a lot to manage whether your kids are toddlers or teens. So what can they be doing? We talked about things that you can sign them up for so that they are actually leaving the house. These are great to sprinkle throughout the summer and not have all uh, real heavy on one under the other. I know in the state of Wisconsin, we don't start until after September 1st. So the month of August is very, very long. So do yourself a favor and plan some fun things in middle or the end of August to really keep that summer slump from happening towards the end of the summer. One of the things that we did with our family is we had daily activity lists. These were customized to each child depending on their age group. And I do have samples of these in the Summer Survival Workbook if that's something you would like to just have already finished and made so you can just copy them. Every day the kids would need to do this activity list after breakfast before they could go play or watch TV or do anything else. So this was a daily routine. Now these daily activity lists you could either focus them on general hygiene and cleanup. For example, you need to make your bed, you need to brush your teeth, you need to put on clean clothes, put away your dirty clothes. It can be all related to those kind of activities. Or you can have them doing activities that are academic, athletic, musical, artistic, whatever you feel that would enrich your child's summer. Or maybe it is things they need to work on. For example, you could have them have to do 10 minutes of math flashcards or a math game, could practice their instrument for a certain amount of time. I liked having options that they had to pick one of the following activities to do. And then I listed a couple different things that they could do. The keys to these activity lists is these are things that kids can do on their own without you. So while they're doing their list, you can be working. That's why I like them in the morning so that I could get my work done I knew they, once they got up, they had things that they were responsible for and that would take them um, a decent amount of time so that I could actually get some work done and get organized in the morning. Sometimes these activities take a little training at first so that you are sure that they're actually doing them correctly in the way that you intend them to do. And that's okay. So the beginning of the summer or whenever you implement these daily to-do lists, you you can start from scratch and really train them to do it the way you want them to do it. And then by the end of the summer, they'll be doing it on their own and it will just be a routine. So that's why it's really great for the things like making your bed and brushing your teeth and the things that maybe during the school year, uh, or you've just never made it a habit for them to do it without you asking them to do it. If they do it every single day of the summer before they can play, it's just going to become a routine. So it's a great time to build in these habits. I also like to build in some chores into their daily activity lists so that our house stayed organized and that I was not focusing all my time in the summer cleaning up after dirty footprints that are coming in through the door and all, all, all the shoes, all the shoes by the door, the bikes that don't get put away. So I like to have some chores or cleanup activities that are just built into those activity lists. Again, I do have samples of all of those for different age groups in the Summer Survival Workbook, if that's something you'd like to use. For real little kids, I used pictures. So for toddlers on the daily to-do list, I have a picture of three books. So the child has to pick a book to look at. And when they're done with a book, they cross it off. And then they pick up another book and read it. And this is great for the preschool age. They can handle this. And they feel very important having their own list. I give each kid a clipboard and their list stays on the clipboard. I also have activity lists for the kids that are just a big, huge list of things that they can do if they want to. It's not uh, mandatory. They don't have to do them in a certain order or anything like that. They're just big idea lists. So when they're bored and they come to me and say they can't think of anything to do you can say, go check your activity list. It's on the clipboard with the daily to-do list. And it's a lot of ideas that were things that we did when we were little, making a fort and painting rocks, blowing bubbles, hopscotch, things that they can do depending on their age that they can do on their own. And I even have a list for tweens and teens because they get really sucked into just playing on their phones or wanting to do things with friends, but there's still a lot of great activities that they can do on their own. So I've got those lists also in the workbook, if that's something that you think would benefit your family. Another thing that we did once a week kind of off and on though, and I found this online and kind of tweaked it to fit our family, but it was summer centers. When I used to teach, kids loved centers time, so we built that into our summer schedule. So in general, it's just a very basic concept that there are different centers that you set up around the house, ideally not near each other, and you have your kids rotate throughout the centers while you are doing work nearby. Now, before you say that would never work, here's how you set it up you create the different centers. I have a list of a bunch of different options you can use for centers in the workbook, but some examples are an art station, even having a a time when they can get their snack. It could be a music station. That one should be in the basement or somewhere away from where you're working. You can also have a sports station. So maybe in the basement or the garage, you've set up the Little Tikes basketball hoop and a couple different things that they can do on their own that are kind of burning some energy safely. One of my favorite stations was the reading station. The kids could pick a quiet space in the house that was not near a sibling. The kid would take a basket of books that they selected and sit out on the deck and read their books. Once you come up with the centers that you would like your kids to do, then you create a sheet that you can just reprint. I also have a sample, of course, in the book for you, already made for you. First, determine how long you're going to have each center's time. By the end, we did about 20 minutes per center. So choose, maybe you're going to start with 5 or 10 minutes. But the idea is each child is at a different center according to what their list tells them to do, where, the, where to go. They have to stay at that center until the timer goes off. If they don't want to do the activity at the center, then they can just sit there. <laughs> and that's, that's my mean mom saying you're, that's your choice. You can find a way to enjoy the center or you can just sit there. So they have to stay at the center for the designated time until the timer goes off. Then when the timer goes off, they need to clean up the center and move on to their next center. I like to keep the kids a little bit further away from each other so there's no arguing And I try to alternate centers from if one is maybe a reading station where they are concentrating and quiet and still. The next station might be when they get to have their snack or it might be the uh, sports center or the art center, something where it's a little more engaged. So try to alternate those because sometimes it's hard for kids to sit Quietly and still for two centers in a row. You might also start with only having three centers where they are only rotating three times. And then maybe you can build in longer time frames and uh, more center rotations. You can get ideas from the kids if they think of a fun center that they would like to do. I also built in centers every now and then. So for example, I might have a center where we are creating pictures for all the dads and grandpas in the family because Father's Day is coming up and then I can use those pictures to send in the Father's Day cards. So if you're strategic you can also kind of tweak it depending on what's going on with your family. Maybe you're going on a trip so one center is they get to go pick out some toys that they might want to bring on their trip. You can do this for a bunch of different ages. This is definitely an activity, though, where you need to set your expectations, not abandon it halfway, and really stick with it and follow through. By the end of the summer, this is a well-oiled machine. One of your older kids can be in charge of the timer. Firstborns love to be in charge and use the timer, let me tell you. So once they get the hang of it, you can delegate someone else to do the timer. And the beauty of this is then you are working this whole time. You can stay at your desk once this becomes routine and the kids do it on their own. Like I said, if they are not used to doing something like this, you are going to need to take it slow, but you are going to need to stick with it if you want it to work. A great thing that I figured out that worked really well for me as I was working is I could use those 20 minute increments as well for tasks. So if there was something I didn't really want to do, I could tell myself that I was going to use the first center's 20 minutes to work on that task. And so then I'm also looking forward to the timer going off, but then it is forcing me to do those tasks that I keep putting off. So it's it's really just a win win. Lots of ideas for that in the workbook if you want it already done for you. Another option to keep the kids occupied is to hire a mother's helper. A mother's helper is a younger boy or girl that maybe isn't full babysitting age, but it would be old enough to keep the kids occupied, to play with the kids while you're working. There is a good way and a bad way to set this up, so just be very intentional when you go into Hiring a mother's helper. Make sure your expectations are appropriate. I never had my mother's helpers cook meals or I did not have the same expectations I would for a full-fledged teenage babysitter. I didn't expect them to clean the house or do anything else. I really just wanted them to play with the kids so the kids didn't interrupt me. That being said, one of my biggest rules was that only the mother's helper could interrupt me. Only my mother's helper could come to the door and knock and ask me a question. She needed to keep the kids away from me and the the kids were not allowed to come and ask me the questions, just the mother's helper. I also had a checklist of things that she could do with the kids so that if she were bored or does not have the experience of a longtime babysitter of what to even do with kids. So I tried to set the mother's helper up for success You can find mother's helpers at church or through homeschool groups. There's a lot of kids home. That tween age is a really nice age because they would like to earn a little money, but they're not really old enough to go work a real job. Mother's helpers can really be the unsung heroes of your summer business activity. The last thing that I just want to give as a suggestion is to have one day a week that is your daily outing. We had one day a week was the day that we would go do something fun together as a family. So that was essentially my day off. Either I'd have to wake up early that day to get some work in or maybe that evening, but the day was for the kids. The beauty of having one day a week set aside is that the kids already know what's coming up. You can write these on your calendar ahead of time. You can brainstorm them now so that you don't end up missing out on them all summer But if my kids knew that we were going to the pool on Thursday, they're not going to be begging for the pool all week because I can say we're going on Thursday or the zoo is on Thursday. It doesn't eliminate all begging, of course, but it does lessen it because they have something to look forward to that they already know is happening. These are things you can take off their bucket list. Things you can ask friends, what they're doing this summer and schedule maybe some outings with another friend, but try to get these on the calendar at least for one month at a time. The other beauty of that is that then at the end of the summer, you feel like you actually did the things you wanted to do and you're not regretting that you feel like you worked all the time. Because I think that's one of the things that we give ourselves somewhat of a guilt trip about is when we're with the kids doing fun things or we're with our friends having a a mom's night out we're feeling guilty that we're not working and then when we're working we're feeling guilty that we're not hanging out with our kids or our friends because it's summer and that's when you do those things so you really need to plan ahead so that you have both things built in so when you're working you can say it's okay I'm going to work hard because I already know we're going to the zoo tomorrow and then when you're at the zoo you know that you can spend that intentional time being in the moment with your family because you already know the next day you have your content calendar being planned out in the morning, so you don't need to worry about it. Planning ahead really gives you freedom. Even though it feels like it's locking you in, it actually is giving you more freedom in your summer. I would highly recommend taking some time to plan ahead this summer. If planning is not your thing, that's okay but it doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. Do you have a half an hour to spare? Because if you do, we can hop on a half an hour call. I have a lot of experience with working at home from the summer, but I also have a lot of strategic planning experience and resources that I can give you. So if you have a half an hour, I'm offering 30-minute mini sessions, and we can work on three different summer topics. We can set your summer goal and action steps, We can set up your office hours for the summer, or we can decide what your kids are going to be doing while you're working. Either of those three things, I'm offering for a very limited time and in limited quantities. I'm offering 30-minute sessions. These are quick and easy. I want to help you guys. It is my passion to help you guys to plan ahead so that you have more intentional time with your family, but you also have more stability from your business growth. So let's get on a quick 30-minute mini-session call. We'll do it on Zoom, and we will come up with a plan for you for summer. I think we all have 30 minutes that we could find to do this kind of planning. If you don't need help with it, set aside your own 30 minutes to an hour and really sit down and plan and talk to your family and figure out what will work best for you and your family for this summer thank you so much for listening I truly appreciate it if you would like to see the summer survival workbook I have the full-fledged workbook is only fifteen dollars and it's available uh, in the show notes if you know another entrepreneur that is struggling to work this summer or has posted about needing help with the kids, while they're working this summer, would you please share this episode with them? I would really appreciate getting the word out that you can work while the kids are home this summer.